Welcome to Money Matters, the podcast that focuses on how to use the money you have, make the money you need, and save the money you want. Now, here is your host, Ms. Kim Chapman. Welcome to another edition of Money Matters. I am your host, Kim Chapman. Have you ever learned something you didn't think you needed to know? Of course, until that day came when you were grateful that you did. Well, look, there are times I will discuss financial topics that hit so close to home, you think I had you specifically in mind when I started speaking. You might even think I was spying on you. And then there are going to be other times you will learn something you didn't think you needed to know, but grateful that you do. So don't hesitate. Go ahead and hit the subscribe button and know that you will always fit in one category or the other. Here's my quote for today. A winning strategy must include losing. What do you think about that statement? especially if you're an investor. What about Sam Bankman-Fried? Would you think he would agree with this? Well, today we're going to talk about the downfall of FTX, one of the most prominent crypto exchanges. And so my guests today are returning, Mr. Henry Hayes. Welcome, Henry. Hey, good to be back with you, Kim. And his partner, Mr. Mike Klein. So welcome to both of you. So before we start talking about this downfall of uh, cryptocurrency, give our listeners a little bit of information about your experience in the cryptocurrency world. Yeah, so Mike and I had founded a company called Disrupt Ready, which is a kind of an educational consulting approach to teaching executives across industries what this new technology is, how it's used and how it's going to impact their businesses and industries going forward, because we saw a hole in the landscape that this needed to happen. So Mike and I founded that company together. Uh, and Mike, tell them a little bit about your other company. Yeah, sure. So I, uh, I run District Ready with, with Henry, and then also I'm a founder of Crypto Bull Capital, which is a um, crypto hedge fund focusing on liquid assets. All right, so let's go ahead and start talking. So, of course, Henry, you were here wasn't that long ago. We kind of you gave us the history and a four one one on where cryptocurrency came from, and seems like all things were going well till a couple of weeks ago, and then suddenly this big crash. Most people had never even heard of Sam Bankman Fried, and now he's all over the news. So, can you tell us what really happened? Yeah, for those who have not kept up with the headlines, Kim, uh, basically FTX was a cryptocurrency exchange, which means they allowed you to, you know, to buy, hold, and sell uh, different kinds of cryptocurrency, and there there are a bunch of different ones. Um, the news came out of, I believe it was about ten days ago, that there was a run on their holdings, and subsequently uh, all the all that vanished quickly. I think there's a lot of federal investigation that, that is, is ongoing and, and you know, we will see more on this story. But a couple of the headlines were this was one of the largest kind of uh, evaporations of, of supposed equity and wealth in, in really in American business history. Uh, and I think it, it has a lot of ramifications for the crypto industry, uh, both short and long term. Our thesis is this is actually a good thing. It's not a good thing if you were invested in this, but um, from, a, from, a, from a need for regulation, uh, a trust factor, et cetera, and Mike's going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, not that this needed to happen, but we weren't surprised. And um, like I said, it's going to have ramifications both short and long term. But Mike, you want to talk about kind of the a little bit of that? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, obviously, it's a terrible event for anybody that was invested. Um, it's it's sort of fascinating in the sense of uh, I, I was watching the the documentary on a plane recently here last week, uh, the smartest guys in the room, which was of course about the failure of Enron, 
and the fraud and lack of internal controls that contributed to that. And this is a very similar case. In fact, ironically, the um, the CEO that was hired to kind of come in and clean up the Enron scandal and sort of say, you know, what happened, what didn't happen, and kind of reveal what was going on behind the curtain, um, a guy named John Ray, he's actually the new CEO of FTX. And his actual statement is that in his 40 years of legal and restructuring experience, he's never seen such a complete failure of corporate controls and just a lack of trustworthy financial information. So it's it's really ironic because, you know, crypto was invented to specifically solve this problem, um, which came about a little bit in the financial crisis, which was how do we invent a system that doesn't allow bad actors to to take advantage of people? And while while this is dealing with the, you know, crypto assets, this is really a failure from a financial perspective and really kind of dictates why we need clear insight and clear legislation for crypto firms moving forward. So everybody, of course, knows that one name, the Sam Bankman Free, but who were some of the other investors? I mean, was it just little, the, the small people that were investing their hard-earned savings? savings? Who st- really lost the most in this particular um, FTX? Well, so it's, it's, it's an interesting story, Kim, with a lot of layers. Look, at, at the end of the day, everyone that ran to this to this business and, and the idea of investing, let's kind of call it what it is. Everyone wanted to get rich and you don't want to miss out on the next big thing. And I think there was a lot of that in this instance. Uh, Sequoia, which is a, a well-known uh, decades long uh, firm for California. They were a very big investor in FTX, but look, you had up and down the, the list of Hollywood celebrities, athletes, um, well-known names that came to the party to either kind of, advocate for FTX or and or uh, invest in them. Uh, so big name. And again, it was a little bit like the emperor had no clothes because if you, if you ask three or four or five questions deep, you find that there wasn't a lot of accountability and the, the folks making the decisions there, uh, again, not super sophisticated and in any other normal industry uh, would be, it wouldn't have happened because there are regulations. So we think that the net net of this will be clearly Washington needs to step in now and have a level of oversight, you know, much like the banking industry does uh, and, and other industries, but yeah, go ahead. Mike. Yeah. I mean, um, so lots of institutional investors. What's interesting is, uh, so FTX right, raised venture capital rounds um, along the way up towards, I think, over a $30 billion valuation uh, towards the end. And there was no board in place for FTX, which is, you know, me having 10 years of venture capital experience, I can say that's highly unusual even for a company that's valued at $20 million, much less a billion dollars or $5 billion or $30 billion. And kind of as Henry talked about, um, there were lots of institutions involved, lots of celebrities, and it seemed to really just be a classic FOMO story where everybody had such a fear of missing out on getting into the company and had seen so many people on paper as this company grew and in valuation make all these returns that they were willing to bypass simple due diligence and, and insist on implementing basic checks and balances in the company. So what, what impact will this have in terms of regulations? How soon do you think these regulations will be put in place? And what should potential investors, should they wait? Should they sit back and wait until there are regulations in place or go ahead and keep playing the stock market? Well, we believe that 
any investment in this space, look, advice, you got to be real careful who you get advice from in terms of, for, you know, for investing in this space. But to us, it all starts, Kim, with education. And the good news is for your listeners, it's never been more available and frankly, for the most part, free on your smartphone to be educated on what this is, what the dangers are, et cetera. In terms of your question about the regulation, I think two things are happening simultaneously. Number one, obviously the investigation into FDX and, and Bankman Freed is happening. And number two, as Congress, you know, we, we head into January of 2023, I think you'll see pretty quick action on something coming out of Washington uh, that, that gives guardrails to this going forward. How fast that'll be, that's anybody's guess, but I, I think it'll be quicker than not because action, this demands it. Um, you cannot have this type of calamity again. You know, the backdrop is, of course, we're squarely in a recession. So wasn't the best time for this to happen. Um, and I think all that will spur Washington lawmakers to, to put something on the books. And you mentioned this, of course, just being an issue of trust. And so, of course, without those regulations, that's how this happened, of course. And, of course, in the banking world, we have regulations. What does this mean for the credit union industry? I think it means a lot. I think the, the credit unions, and, the, and they've always been in an interesting position because most of your credit unions, neighbors included, has a high amount of trust in their community. So, you know, that their parents have had accounts and maybe their grandparents, et cetera. It's a place where they've, 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 they've had their banking relationships for their lives. And so we think that the trust factor now is times 10 because nobody knew the name Sam Bankman Freed before this happened. Uh, but they, they definitely know the, the brand name of a lot of these credit unions because they're trusted in the community. So we think that if it's education first uh, and then, you know, kind of an offering that, that has some regulation tied to it, that that's a winning play. And so what do you think is the future, of course, of cryptocurrency as a whole? We know that FTX is just a, a part of it. But what do you think the future? I know you said maybe previously that it's not going away, but what is its outlook? So if you think about this, Kim, in a simplistic manner, party A wants to pay party B as quickly as possible in a trusted way with no fees in the middle. That's the essence and the architecture and the idea behind crypto. You know, look, our children are already used to this. And so going forward, it's going to be really difficult to put that genie back in the bottle. Uh, so, you know, Mike and I are never, we've never been more bullish on the future of this space. Uh, and frankly, I think it's a, it, it can be looked at as a positive that some of the cheats and the swindlers and the, you know, the, the people looking to do harm are out of the space because it needs to be, there, there needs to be some regulation and there needs to be rules. Then there also needs to be trust. And so um, we think that there's never been a better time to go forward um, in this space. And, and Mike, I don't know if you have any other echo thoughts. Yeah. I mean, I think this is how, um, technology in general, but crypto especially evolves, which is you, you have kind of like one direction that the space goes and the growing pains and the failures sort of move it, move it forward in even a better capacity. So, you know, already you're seeing a lot of discussion around how could we how could we develop a system for centralized exchanges or for parties like FTX that would that people could verify that their funds are safe, that their funds aren't being used um, in risky ways. How could we achieve that transparency? So, so at the end of the day, crypto is really just about transparency. It's about being able to do business 
from a trustless perspective where you don't need to trust the third party's word that, you know, like FTX was posting up to, you know, maybe 10 days ago that everything was fine and this was all just rumors. And so it's like, well, how do we how do we develop a system where we don't have to rely on Sam Bankman Fried getting on Twitter and saying everything's fine and then finding out a few days later it isn't? And I think this is gonna really be really good actually for the ecosystem. And of course there are lots of naysayers that are probably sitting around saying, I told you so, I told you so. So what does this mean long short term and long term for the market? Well, short term there's gonna be a lot of unwinding. So FTX had a lot of institutional customers that essentially they, they were facilitating the borrowing of capital. And so that's sort of the, um, without getting too deep into the weeds, that's going to have to unwind. And I think that's mostly unwound now, but everybody's trying to see, you know, what other institutional shops were at risk and what the contagion actually is. So I think it's going to, you know, it's already has, but it's going to continue to cause a downward moment movement in prices short term. But long term, I, I think this will just kind of be a blip on the radar. Crypto's been through a lot of these, and, and so has the traditional finance sector. When you talk about like Enron, Bernie Madoff, right, these are all names that we know. But but looking back, right, the, the market's recovered and moved forward in, in a healthy way. And I would say one more thing to echo that. Kim would be, listen, if you just look back in, in history, when you have times that uh, you know, news like this hits you know, the wire and everyone gets you know, spooked, if you remember, even back to like 2008, uh, obviously the, the housing bubble had burst. Uh, it was really bad for a lot of Americans. But in that time, you know, companies like WhatsApp um, and you know, uh, Groupon, all, all these different companies. Instagram was founded within 18 months of all this happening. Uber, these are just some of the ones that come to mind. Pinterest as well. So there's great opportunity in times when you have big bombs that drop like this, but they have to be done the right way with trust. And and Mike and I think that look, the the, the end user has got to be put at the front of the line. Um, and I think if you do that, you've got an opportunity to really have a, a success story. All right. Any final thoughts, gentlemen, on this topic? I would say, again, uh, for anyone that's listening and wants more information, again, there's never been a better time to access this. It's it's on your phone and most of it's free. Um, and that's the that's the next step to, to getting educated in this space, because it's still new. We're still early in the history of this of this technology. And that, that's what cryptocurrency is, a technology. All right, gentlemen, thanks for joining me for this good piece of information on the fall of FTX. And I know that I'll probably have you both back really, really soon as cryptocurrency seems to be ever changing. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Every day we listen to reports on various new platforms about this or that in regards to cryptocurrency. And with the recent market correction, the market has been a state of confusion. Here are some tips if you're interested in investing in cryptocurrency. First, decide what you want your money to do. In other words, have a motive for entering each trade. Set profit targets and make use of stop losses. Manage your risk. Wise traders never run in the direction of massive profits. And don't buy simply because the price is low. Don't invest more than you can afford to lose for high-risk investors. 
And of course, check out neighborsfcu.org forward slash financial education to learn more on how to use the money you have, make the money you need, and save the money you want.